Welcome, welcome to Mozzie and the Muscle, our show about all things football and, well, maybe just a few things outside of that. We are not reporters, we are not journalists, but damn it, we do love to talk about it. Welcome into Mozzie and the Muscle. I'm the Muscle, joined by my co-host, whose team has a better record than both of mine combined. Mozzie. <laughs> it's been two weeks. It's okay. <laughs> that um, might be the first time we've been able to ever say that, though. I know. Uh, that was awesome. That was one of the, the coolest moments as a Jets fan in a long time. Very long time. Maybe even, like, six years. <laughs> Oh God! It has been like six years. <laughs> does it does it feel even better that we picked them to win? It does feel kind of good, <laughs> though we were wrong for ninety percent of the game, ninety eight percent of the game. <laughs> you know what? It's if 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 the first ninety eight percent was all that mattered, you know the Falcons would have a championship. So that's <laughs> uh, <laughs> and the they would have beaten the Saints. Yeah, like it's you know. I, you know, I was, I was going to be so hyped if the Falcons came back from a 28 to three and like expelled <laughs> that demon. They had that the chance. Nice. It was so close. I was, I was going to be hyped. Hey, you know, that take that I had preseason that the Falcons, they, you know, they got a little something. They might not win games, but they're not like lying down and dying. They're, uh, they've got something to them. They've got a little fire. Yeah, they've they've got enough guys who are pretty good, I think, and I, I probably underestimated that asset a little bit. Like, obviously, overestimated them as a whole, like on days on their performance so far. But Pitts, um, London, I guess Cordell Patterson now, um, and then a couple of the guys on defense, obviously Terrell Hayward and Grady Jarrett, and also Walker, who's been really good too. So they've got, I guess, six or seven difference makers and that's that's pretty solid so yeah it's just like yeah their line isn't great and yeah it's Mariota, but you know i think the coach is proving himself pretty well arthur smith and so uh you know looking forward to that yeah there's there's been a lot of talk about him with kyle pitts but we'll, we'll, we'll get to that when we talk about that game for sure um Hey, it's me, the Muscle. Quick interruption. We spent about three and a half minutes or so talking about the Thursday game that will have already happened when you listen to this. We just wanted to get our picks on record. So if you want to hear that, listen on. If not, skip to about six minutes and 20 seconds in, give or take a bit. Um, There's also some Buffalo news that we did not have. We found out that Micah Hyde is out, and we also found out that uh, Darius Shaq Leonard for the Colts is out. And there's probably going to be other news coming up, but that is all for now. So let's get back into it. So we're recording Thursday evening. We're not going to be able to have this up in time for our Thursday preview. So we'll just share our picks here. We both have Cleveland. Um, The total is a whopping 38. (laughs) And the spread is Cleveland favored by four. Uh, I'm currently taking Cleveland to cover because I think with field goals being sparse, uh, if I'm taking them to win, they probably cover the four, is my guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I have no clue on the over-under. It seems like it should be easy to beat that over, but at the same time, it's that low for a reason. So, 
And I don't know if the Steelers games have hit 40 yet. So, where, where, so I see you have the over, though. What's what's your inclination? What's your lean there on that going over? Oh, wait. Oh, wait. They did hit 43 in week one in OT. My bad. Okay. Um, it's just because I think the first half and the second half are going to be really, really different because the wind is expected to die down a lot from the start of the game to the end of the game. So I think that by the second half, things are going to be relatively normal for them um, mm-hmm. weather-wise. So, And it's the fourth. It's, you know, a lot more shit happens then. I think that they're going to be way under 38, you know, halfway through the third. But I think they will just break over it. Yeah, my part on being torn is just how much the Browns want to run the obviously the weather favors it if all the weather's a factor but even when it's not a factor like they are going to eat up a lot of time and i don't think the, the pittsburgh offense is going to push them to not pass so I, I just worry about weather aside the total play volume i think if the weather were not a factor this will probably only be at like 40 or 41 i think right. the weather's only taking a little bit off the top there so just a little off the top yeah because this comes out to 17 21 which implies a field goal at that point so i either need to say oh it's higher and it's you know 21 28 or it's lower and it's like 14 21 or something like that obviously yeah. there could be field goals but you know yeah i was gonna say if it was uh no wind this might just be a field goal game uh-huh oh yeah i was i would you have no clue i was actually you probably did the same thing i was ready to double kicker my super draft lineup yep <laughs> and then i saw the wind i'm like well, fuckles. So, <laughs> I had, I did, I had both kickers in super draft, <laughs> and had to change it today. Oh gosh, but they could um, still do well. They're just not gonna take as long of field goal chances. Yeah, that's the bummer. You you want that like fifty yard field goal multiplier upside, and that's not really gonna be there. So, but the Browns do get Conklin back, by the way. Uh, so, Connie's out though. And then Watts on IR. But that's enough of that game since we're not really going to, you know, have that on. We just want to get our takes out there. So we get to the Sunday games with Kansas City at Indy. We both have Kansas City, the over. However, we're a little separated on on the spread here. Kansas City's favored by five and a half. And this total is 50 and a half. Five and a half is a tough number. I know. It, it sucks. If it were <laughs> If it were larger, like I think even if it were maybe seven, I would closer to Indy since you know Kansas City is coming in the road team favored by that much but even even with Pittman and Pearson was, was Shaq was Shaq Leonard in sorry Darius Shaq Leonard was he in week one or not I forget um he was he missed last week okay he's expected to be back I believe this week it sounds like yeah so that's a bolster there but Kansas City is a lot better than the two teams they've played so far Oh, yeah. Um, and I know if we want to even just harken back to week one a little bit more against, you know, when they were healthier, Kansas City's a lot better at Houston. And I, th- I think that'll push this regardless of the of the field. And I saw a really funny clip earlier, at least that I thought was funny. I know he didn't mean it funny. But the Colts defensive coordinator who was uh, formerly with the Raiders, uh, Gus Bradley, he was talking about how... Um, his single high safety looks did fine against Mahomes, 
and they got like utterly crushed in those games. <laughs> and so it is different with with uh, with no Tyreek there. So I'm like, okay, if it's not Tyreek, who's it gonna be? And I started looking into the ADOTs, and to my disdain, it's not, it wasn't MVS. It's you know, you, you, yeah, it was not Juju. It was Meikle. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. We know how I feel about him as a football player, or at least a wide receiver. But if he's getting the deep looks, and he, like the the target share is actually pretty dang even with all of them, yeah. and that was like the big thing. I, I thought it was gonna be like way skewed towards um, any other guys. No, it's eleven for Juju, eleven for MVS, ten for Mikol. So the Adosh has been in Mikol's favor. So like I don't have any. <laughs> issue playing the other guys like obviously i think juju's the best receiver of the three of course but the role sort of makes sense of me there if we're talking about single high safety looks and taking advantage of that um obviously kelsey makes sense too because he's you know travis kelsey so i'm like okay maybe uh mahomes juju me kelsey like big mega stack if i'm looking to get in there so yeah I'm, I'm, uh... I'm on their passing game here given you know, the Colts single high safety looks and their lack of corner scariness. Yeah, their secondary is cheeks. It's bad. Yeah. <laughs> it, their safeties, their corners, yeah, none of it's very good. So I'm I'm on the passing stack too for the Chiefs. I think it's a good call. Uh huh. Um, I mean it always is, right? <laughs> it's, yeah. it's not it's not fucking groundbreaking or anything. <laughs> it's the Kansas City Chiefs passing game. I feel like the whole thing with Tyreek the way I think of it is that Tyreek could do just about anything for them. And instead of trying to find one guy to replace that, it's like they took the different aspects of Tyreek and split them into the different receivers. So they got yeah. the the juju aspect, which is, you know, shorter passes and, you know, controlled catches, possession type receiver. And then you mm -hmm. have Meikle, who's like the deep threat aspect of Tyreek so they just kind of took his role and split it into different guys which is why like their target share is pretty split yeah Mahomes has been hitting a ton of guys every week too oh yeah like it with with footballs in their hands <laughs> <laughs> um but the, the Colts do run a lot of zone by the way and that's why I, I might leave his juju there too because we he's good against zone it's kind of his thing yeah I would say, is I don't think zone is very good against Mahomes. No, yeah, this is why I've taken the Colts, or sorry, the the, <laughs> the, the Chiefs to cover. Yeah, I might take them to cover. I'm kind of torn on it. The only <laughs> thing is, I feel like Jonathan Taylor should have a pretty good week. Um, the Chiefs haven't been the best against the run against like good running backs. Not necessarily yeah. this season, but going back to last year even too. Mm -hmm. And so, Willie Gay is suspended, by the yeah. way. So that hurts. Yep. Um, so just because of that, there's now an avenue for the Colts offense to operate as intended. It'll uh, it'll be a lot easier, too, with the receivers back, because Pittman and Pierce are both expected back. And last week, the box could just stay stacked. And so the Colts' O-line weaknesses were a lot more apparent. Yeah. That was one of the games I already watched was indeed Jacksonville because I wanted to know what the fuck happened, <laughs> and it was it was either some combo of the receivers weren't open and or the line was not blocking well. 
Yeah. And, you know, there are a lot of tight fronts, too, but there were, like, one or... There were a couple that were on Matt Ryan, but it was mostly line and or receivers. It was a bummer. Yeah, that was really rough. We didn't... I mean, I predicted Jacksonville to win. I didn't think that the Colts were going to get fucking donged on Smothered, yeah. I was real torn on that one, but it came out... It came out brutally. Last week was brutal as well, just in general. Um, <laughs> I think we. How, how'd you do last week? You were nine and seven on picks. I was eight and eight. And then yeah. you 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 fared better on the other stuff. You were ten and six on over unders and eight and eight on the spread. I was seven eight on the over unders. I I didn't pick the uh, Kansas City game for that one because I was you know at a wedding. Um, and then <laughs> I I was four and ten on spreads because my misses were the ones where I picked the other way. And then uh, the ones I picked, the games I got right, I thought I didn't think it'd be a blowout, and it was a blowout. <laughs> so it was kind of a weird week. Yeah, week two is almost always the hardest, and not having the prep time just made it even worse. Yeah, I on the other hand, like did a full deep dive review of week mm-hmm. one. So it, I mean, it happens. You have a wedding to go to. It's. <laughs> That yeah, that got, got you week one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was great though. I I am I'm not uh, complaining that I was at a yeah. wedding. It was just how the schedules worked out in that sense. But right. anything with uh, Kansas City Indy before we venture over to Buffalo, Miami? <sighs> not really. Um, I guess I'll ask. Uh, with Pittman and Pierce, with if with them both back, obviously Pittman is pretty good. He's the focal point in the past game. What's your interest level in Pierce if he's playing? Assuming he is. I need to see it first from him. Um, he hasn't really... Like, week one, I think he got... A, he just, like, barely starting to get involved. Yeah, he, he dropped an easy touchdown week one. Yeah. That was disappointing. And so he's got a zero in him his game. And it's, you know... It doesn't look that great for him so far, obviously. And... I'm not ready to play him in like you know a league yet, but right. I was looking at like his DFS price and he's like I think he's like 3,500. I'm like I might risk that. I might risk that. We'll see. It might be worth it to risk because you know the it, other receivers are just happen. so bad. Yeah, it's <laughs> gonna happen eventually. Like he's gonna not drop a touchdown as a point, <laughs> and yeah, so it might be worth that in the Kansas City stack. But P- P- Pittman is the the focal point. They they desperately missed him last week. I. Oh God. I, like, I was like, okay, week one, you know, we got a lot of targets. They had to pass a lot. And last week, I'm like, okay, he is actually that good. They are terrible without him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was horrible. Yeah. When, uh, when it's time for him to get paid, his agent's going to look at that game and be like, listen, <laughs> watch. You need this man. <laughs> this is why you need to give him $85 million a day. <laughs> <laughs> day. 85 quadrillion schmeckles. <laughs> Oh, but anyway, Buffalo, Miami. We both have Buffalo. The total's fifty-two and a half. Buffalo's favored by five and a half. Uh, outside of picking Buffalo, I see we are both a little bit uncertain yeah. of how this plays out. All right, so here's the obvious problem: uh, the Dolphins just kicked ass last week, but they didn't go against Buffalo's defense. Is Buffalo's pass rush and defense just gonna cripple their offense, or? Is Miami going to put up numbers again for the third week in a row? So here's my theory on that. Okay. The I think they can still get stuff going, but it's not going to be 
the same as last week by any means because they played New England and Baltimore so far. Both of whom love to blitz. Like those teams both blitz like a pretty high amount. Like I don't, I don't remember if they're in the top 10 or not, but they both blitz at like a 30% rate so far this year, which is pretty high. Um, I think they're both right in the top 10 there, but they're both at 30.1% blitz rate. Meanwhile, Buffalo is only at 7.8. Like that's kind of the thing. They like don't blitz, but they still get a pretty okay amount of pressure for how little they blitz. But their thing is to just make you do like make you beat their guys in their zone and everything. So they've, they've got the good safeties to do it. And they've got enough talent up front and like with Matt Milano and everything to make you pay without blitzing. So we've seen the Miami O-line pass block fairly well so far, uh, but they've been real shitty at run blocking still. Oh, it's yeah. So that's the, that's part of my issue here is they're going to, they would be behooved to be able to run against Buffalo <laughs> but I don't know if they're going to be able to that well. And so they're going to, they're probably going to stick the passing a good amount. Um, and it's going to be, it's going to have to be different. It's going to be a lot shorter. Like Buffalo's going to keep it in front of them. They're not going to do what Baltimore did and just blitz their dicks off and <laughs> get burnt by it. So right. like they're missing Trey White, which hurts. They're missing Dane Jackson, who I sounds like he's all good, like long-term at least, but he's got, he's not going to play this week because he got fucking taken to the hospital last week or yeah. on Monday. So they're down on corner. So that is a bummer in that aspect. So that's why I think they'll still get some production, but I'm not expecting like a blow up like last week. But the issue though, really comes in with Armstead. So he did not log a practice today. Again, recording on Thursday. So if he doesn't practice Friday he, and he misses, uh, that's tough. Cause they already got Greg Littlefield again for Austin Jackson. So if they're missing Armstead, who is definitely their best lineman, I'm going to take the under and Buffalo cover just because I don't know how that line's going to fare if Armstead has to miss. Yeah. They already suck at run blocking, and that's because their best lineman is Armstead and their guards aren't great. Mm -hmm. um, which it's the first year of the new offense, so it makes sense that they haven't really acquired those pieces yet and their O-line was bad anyway. But mm -hmm. I, I am with you on that. He... <laughs> he's really important if they want to keep this game close. Yeah, it's... Buffalo's going to do their thing, regardless, I think, on offense. But I, I'm not saying like that like Miami's going to suck. I'm not saying they're going to get just totally owned. Like I think they'll be able to, no. you know, do stuff. But if 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 they're not giving to a protection, like with, what with Armstead out, potentially, that it's going to be a bad time. <laughs> yep. Um, so I do see... <laughs> yeah, you're going to have a bad time. I see you've got James Cook week listed here. Talk yeah. to me. Talk to me. I don't know. There's no there's no basis for it. I just <laughs> I just feel it. He did start to get more snaps last week. Um Yeah, they gave him they gave him all the blowout run too. Yep. I I feel like he's gonna start catching a lot of passes and it's gonna happen this week. It's in Miami. It's, I mean, the Miami secondary is supposed to be good. It hasn't been this year. <laughs> um, but they do still have some of their guys mm -hmm. and a good safety. I feel like those, I don't know, sort of outside passes to James Cook will be really effective against them. And he's just going to be like one of those eight catch running backs this week for like a shit ton of yardage. 
And he might not run for like a single yard. It might all be receptions. I need to see how his snaps were. I'm, I'm trying to take a gander at that right now to see um, like when he got them if I can. But anyway, that might be tough to find exactly when they were. I'm, I'm, I'm looking into uh, Miami's like amount of zone, man. They play like 40%, man, which is I, I think a fair amount, at least for the NFL now. Like, there's a lot of teams play a lot of zone now. Um, I guess I could dig in what the average amount of zone and man is. But anyway, um, Diggs... Obviously, he's got like, I Diggs crushes zone. Um, yeah, he, yeah. I mean, he, cr- he crushes most man too. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it sounds like Bill's offense crushes zone. Yeah, it sounds like they'll have Gabe Davis back too. By the way, so I, I like I said, I know they've like you said they've got talent in the Miami secondary, but they may find themselves a bit overmatched. Oh, they'll be super overmatched. It's yeah, and Xavier Howard is questionable even too with a girl. McGroin. Groin. Yeah, if, if his groin is keeping him down, then, yeah, if, if they're missing On Howard the Dolphins, and... we will frown. <laughs> we got nursery rhymes today uh, for this. So, yeah, if they're missing Howard and Armstead, it's going to be a little, a little tough. Um, so, yeah, I'm thinking now Buffalo covers picking them out, right? Yeah, but we'll see how it plays it's, it's, out. Yeah, we, we got to know some of this injury stuff a bit. I'm a little concerned with how Buffalo's defense um, could potentially be just really hard for the Dolphins style of offense without a run game. Yeah, it's it's not a defensive style they've played yet. Like, because New England and Baltimore run fairly similar types of deals as far as like how they played Tua. So, yeah, and I'm I'm sitting here like, has McDaniel's ever even played the Bills? <laughs> he was with the Niners. I don't. Yeah, think he might not have them. played like this iteration of them. Yeah, we can we, we can dig into that maybe. <laughs> <laughs> that that's that'll take a moment. We can, I guess we can do that as we talk about the games. But um, we've got Cincinnati at the Jets next. We've got Cincy. I've got over on the total. I see you are in kind of push territory. A little unsure. I don't know about the spread yet. Since he's favored by six, I have it. Made a, made my picks on that one, but I'll I'll let you lead off here. I just uh, know what's gonna happen, which is that the Jets are gonna just not do a whole lot offensively this week. I just I'm not expecting it. The th- here my inner my inner Jets fan is telling me that their offense will struggle, um, especially in the early game. But like obviously I am biased. And biased in, like, a negative direction, so I understand. (laughs) Um, I feel like I'm going to watch a lot of the Bengals' secondary breaking up passes at, like, the point of catch, if that makes sense. Yeah, like, those kind of beat Flacco to the spots a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Not that... And, like... (sighs) I don't think Flacco himself is going to have a super bad game, but I think his stats won't be very good because it's just going to be a lot of broken up passes and maybe he'll check down. But the Bengals have really good sort of pursuing linebackers there. White perfect. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) So I can see the running backs catching a lot, but not being able to yak much like they catch it and then immediately get tackled. So I just don't think it's going to be super efficient on offense. I don't think they're going to move the ball all that well. Um, and, you know, the Bengals need a get-right game. 
and I think this is a pretty good opportunity for them to do that. I, I'm looking back through as you were as you were talking to me about the Jets there. It does not look like the Jalen Bills have played the 49ers, from what I can tell. Wow. So I don't yeah, I don't think they've played the whole divisions yet. And when it's matched up division wise at all, it's been with the other teams in it in their division. Ah. So this is a new matchup here. It's his first taste of the Bills. But obviously he's a really good film watcher, so mm-hmm. our favorite Twitch streamer head coach, <laughs> Mike McDaniels. Oh man, but so my uh my lean for this game on the over is um the Jets pace kind of is dictating it. Um neutral script wise, they're playing at the second fastest pace. Um, hilariously, the Panthers are first, which I would not have guessed based on their point totals they put up so far. Um, Fastest team off the field. <laughs> I'm sure they lead in three and outs as well. Um, <laughs> yes, I, I do understand your uh, Jets worry whenever, like, this happens every year, too. Like, some th- something you thought was bad isn't bad, and then it becomes bad again. Uh-huh. Like, and that could easily be Flacco here. It could be Goff at some point. It could be once at some point. Like there are plenty of things that could spoil quickly, um, yep. but the season's still fresh. So yeah, I I think the Jets will keep up the pace. I think they can keep up the scoring. I so I got a chance to rewatch Bengals and uh, Dallas, and the Bengals D is not playing as well as it was last year. That, I mean, among there's plenty of other things wrong, like that game, like mainly Zach Taylor and the O-line. But the Bengals D, so last year we were we were super surprised by how well the Bengals D played. Uh, this year, they're not playing like shit or anything, but they're not playing at as high of a level. Eli Apple has turned, you know, rotten again. Um, <laughs> the rotten apple. Yeah, so that, I don't think they'll trounce the jets entirely like you know like henderson gets some sacks you know uh i, f- I forget who if they have reader reader i always mix them up and they've got hill but they've got they've got some good guys up front there and they've got white perfect you know, they've got jesse Bates. they've got enough talent to give the jets some issues but the jets also have like elijah moore and garrett wilson and i you know also i guess how much and Corey davis and then carter and hall and they're throwing a buttload. Like you said, they've they've passed a hundred times already through two games. Yeah. So and I know circumstances sorta of dictated it, but the neutral script pace is still pretty high, and that's when the game is within eight points either way. Um so I yeah, I think they're gonna keep that going. And the Bengals they have not run well yet, and that that's at the fall of O line. I'm not gonna i I'm not gonna blame Mixon. He looked fine to me. Um hilariously his screens have been super efficient because he he's got like 90 yards on like 10 or 11 of them it's kind of funny because i was looking through like you know like you know stats and there's one called like it's called like racer or something it's like how many yards you get off of air yards and his was like by far the highest because he has like one air yard but like 89 actual yards because <laughs> he's just taking screens down but um anyway yeah so their run games aren't really been there and the jets aren't really a pass rush team, but they clog the front up a lot with their massive humans they've got there. (laughs) So I I think the Bengals will 
I, I at least hope we don't see Zach Taylor try, you know, first and 10 runs over and over again and they actually start passing more because that's definitely the easiest path against the Jets here and probably their best bet. So I, I think the Bengals passing game gets on track here and the Jets, you know, pass a lot to match them. Yeah, there's not going to be a whole lot of running like on the ground. Because the Jets don't really run much. Their running backs aren't really designed for it. <laughs> um, and they're still missing Uzama uh, for the time being. So the two tight end thing isn't really an option right now. Yeah. What's and what's his status? I thought he saw he might be back. He could be. The Jets have a lot of questionables too. And that was actually <laughs> my next point. Is if they don't have Quinnen or Jonathan Franklin Myers, I'm definitely taking the Bengals to cover yeah all those guys we mentioned along with Corey Davis um were limited in practice today so that's a that's that's in the right direction yeah as long as you're getting something in Thursday some of the guys though that did miss time last week are back and seem to be good so that is nice yeah I forget was was George Fant in last week yes okay could remember on that one really yeah I know that that was one of the huge ones for sure so him (laughs) His health is obviously uh, vital. So, and like, uh, <laughs> DJ Reed is playing really well for the Jets. He's the number two corner on the year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think the best corner can cover Chase. So I'm not like oh, expecting. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm not expecting Chase to get bottled up at all. And these two teams both suck in the first half. <laughs> uh at least from what i've seen they just not not suck but they're just not really they're a lot in the first half of the game so i kind of went with 45 seems about right it's probably going to be a second half game where everything happens and it should be mostly passing Mm -hmm. i'm looking through the jets kind of alignments they move the receivers around a ton so it's hard to say who's gonna get who but I think Eli Moore will get the most Eli Apple, but I'm not positive how that's going to split out exactly. But someone's going to be burning Eli Apple. I don't know if it's going to be Eli on Eli Crime or what, but <laughs> it could be. Moore makes the most sense to get Apple. Yeah, but Wilson's been getting a shitload of targets, so yeah, he has 22 of the one. Yeah, Flacco loves hyper-targeted guy and, and dumping down to running backs <laughs> he does his, that's his game <laughs> yeah if, if you're if you're looking at a jets receiver I, I think you can make a case for honestly any of them that are playing like of those main three just because Corey's been getting like a lot of yards and deep looks elijah moore is good and garrett wilson has been getting a butler targets so we move on to philly at washington we both have philly but I'm not too sure about the total of 47 and the spread of six and a half for Philly. I, I think I lean Washington to cover, but I'm not so sure now. Cause I, I was on that. And then I saw Washington's down to like their backup guard as their center now. So yeah, that kind of hurt it. That's bad. That's, that's very, very bad. Yeah. <laughs> Philly interior line is not someone you want your third string lineman snapping the ball against. Yeah, that was kind of my worry. Uh, and I think that put, that definitely puts the Philly defense in play that I'll type there. Uh, we've talked Because we talk a lot about how much of a kick in the dick it is to your offense when your center is missing. <laughs> it really is. It's, it, it fucking sucks, man. 
It's like putting on a sock inside out and not realizing it till you put your shoe on. You know? <laughs> is, that a, is that a you quote or a Dan Campbell quote? Oh, that's a great one if it was a Dan Campbell. No, that's just, yeah, the first thing I thought of for some reason. I don't Did know that happen to I... you recently? No, not recently. But it has happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> And you're like, fuck, I'm already going to be late, and now I'm going to have to spend another three minutes. Gotta redo it all. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, so, Washington's <laughs> defense fucking sucks. and It's so bad. I really just want Jack Del Rio to get fired. Their roster is not as bad as their defense is performing. It's super underperforming. They are not being used right. You should not have a bottom defense with Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, Montez Sweat, Cole Holcomb, who's like a tackle machine. And you've also got a good safety in Cameron Curl, William Jackson III, and Kendall Fuller at corner. Your roster isn't bad. Your defense sucks. You need to get rid of your <laughs> defensive coordinator. I'm tired of this Del Rio guy. He fucking sucks ass. They let up 36 points to the Lions, who were missing two of their offensive line starters, and they were still getting three yards of push off of the line on their average running attempts. Like, that's horrific. So that's my De- my Del Rio rant, I guess. Um <laughs> Your Del Rant. <laughs> I only took the over because obviously Washington is going to have like 10 points until the fourth when they put up three more touchdowns and then still lose by 10. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you've got this as Philly smash and Washington garbage time. Yep. That's fair. That's fair. My my worry is always with you. I mean, we know how this division goes. They just utterly beat the shit out of each other sometimes. Yeah. So it's it's it makes me a little, little tentative on the Philly spread like that big on the road at your divisional opponent, but yeah, no, the like, field was, does suck. Yeah, and they also <laughs> like this. Like, this would make sense because Philly beat Detroit week one, and then a week two, Detroit beat Washington. So Philly should beat Washington. Like if we're going off of that, but right. Obviously, the NFL sometimes ends up as rock, paper, scissors instead because, you know, that's how it works. But, I mean, yeah, I don't expect Philly to have any issue. It's just a matter of how much trouble Washington does or does not have. Yeah, that that backup uh, center thing is is pretty concerning. Yeah, because they were already on a backup, and they were they were doing okay. But, yeah, your backup guard being your center makes it tough. Uh, but with that, hear me out. I like Miles Sanders this week. Hey. I think he could maybe has a chance to get his Phillip touchdowns for the year. I'm not positive, but both the way this defense is playing, how terrible their front's been, and how good the Philly line is, like they're going to have just enormous holes and lots of good chances for Miles Sanders. Obviously, A.J. Brown is A.J. Brown. He's amazing. He's always a banger pretty much. Um, yeah. We might see Hurts run more in too, like, their run game is going to do well, of course. It that probably always does, but this this might be the week to go back to Miles Sanders. He's been he's been getting a lot of touches. The snaps haven't always been there, but he's getting he got like seventeen touches last week, which pretty good. So, yeah, no, this is you know Miles Sanders' year for whatever that's worth. 
Um, but Philly gets to play the game exactly how they want to play the game, which is running the football primarily and then just torching an exposed secondary on the opportunities. Uh, and Washington's going to have to dig themselves out of a probably a pretty deep hole with some problems on the O-line. Yeah. Uh, they also match up. Like, Philly has three really good corners because they have Slay, they have CJGJ, and Bradbury, which is like a good one-two slot punch, um, which makes things tough if you're trying to pick a receiver for Washington, uh, which is I think we've come to the same conclusion. <laughs> Sounds like we did with uh, <laughs> with Logan Thomas. Uh, I I'm sure he's rostered everywhere, or at least after last week he is because he came in unsure on if he was going to play week one. Did. He's been getting targets. He's he looks all good. So I don't know if he's streamer banger, but I think we both are are on board here with him at being kind of the the best route for them to go as far as attacking Philly's defense. Yeah, and the maybe the the safety blanket, the the the, the safety valve. And then uh, Curtis Samuel has it's they're trying to make him like Debo light. He's getting a lot of. <laughs> rushing attempts and a lot of like gadget kind of work as well as being a wide receiver yeah like he's really healthy yeah. and i think that probably continues even against a tough matchup he probably has enough volume to sustain a decent floor yeah while he's healthy he's very he's a very solid option yeah the the key operator being while he's healthy yes <laughs> <laughs> Which he hasn't been for like two or three years. So it's very, you know, kind of surprising and almost feels random that like, oh, it's Curtis Samuel. He's yeah, <laughs> but we're happy to see it. We're happy to see it. Uh, but moving on, we've got Detroit at Minnesota, another divisional bout. We both have Minnesota. Uh, I'm I'm not so sure how I feel about uh, the total of 53. Um, you got Minnesota. Uh, you got Detroit covering the spread of Minnesota minus six. I, this one's tough for me because, like, this should be Dalvin Cook week. I think he's probably a banger of the week. I, Detroit's front has not really offered much resistance in any manner, aside from Aiden Hutchinson getting some sacks. Right. And, like, we, we've not, like, I'm not trying to say you do, but we've not seen the Dalvin week yet. So I think people, I don't say they're forgetting about him, but I don't think you should be down on him going into this week. Like, they're not going to have any issue running on Detroit. So. No, I agree. I mean, he gets a lot of touches. Obviously, Justin Jefferson is a without needing to say banger, but I'm only saying Dalvin Cook here, who usually doesn't need to be said, but just because it hasn't been hot for him yet. Yeah, he's been quiet all year. This is a good opportunity to kind of get back to what we know he can do. Um, but you're on the I'm over, though. I'm taking the over because it, like, the Lions are just better this year there's and there's no denying that they've scored a, a touchdown in f like 15 straight offensive quarters they're um like going back to last year every single quarter they're very consistent in that regard even with linemen missing i was saying they missed two last week they still had it like literally elite run blocking which sounds insane um, Although, how were, much of that was Washington, I guess, though? <laughs> I mean, it's true, but three yards deep of protection oh, yeah, on yeah, yeah, yeah. is pretty good. And Goff has been playing well. Um, so I'm definitely not going to doubt 
Detroit's offense to keep producing until I see them not at this rate. They just seem to be making it work. Uh, unfortunately, it's their defense that hasn't done a whole lot. Um, yeah. They hang in there. They make adjustments. Uh, they're they're plucky. <laughs> is is the way that I would describe them. They're a very plucky defense. You can kind of knock them down, and you know your offense can work, and they'll kind of hang in there and force some issues and incompletions. But they're not ultimately that great. So I kind of think both teams are just going to be putting up points. I expect Minnesota to figure out their offensive problems that they had from last week. The corners are obviously better in Philly than Detroit. So I'm expecting full Minnesota offensive production and I'm expecting pretty good Detroit. So the over the total is pretty high. I'm I'm just taking the over a little bit, but 53 is a lot. Yeah, 53 is a lot and that it's yeah, it's not really a uh lack of confidence in the in the offenses it's more so that's a lot and i'm not sure about the pace of this game both of these teams i know minnesota's talked about wanting to pass more but like they've got dalvin cook they do still want to run some and we know detroit wants to run i i think swift is gonna have a good day too whether it's you know air around he's kind of he's kind of your surfing turf you know but or let's lay in and see either way you know what i mean you know it's it's like you got some uh duck well no fuck those i guess those fly those fly ducks fly we're good you got some duck yeah or maybe make some quail you've got your steak that's that's deandre swift um but anyway i'll I'll reel that back in so (laughs) that happens sometimes so i it's more so like a pace thing and like will there be enough plays enough passing will this game have quick enough scores to get to that total it could and like i don't think like the offenses will be bad or anything it's just that it could just be a game where both teams find success running and they run a lot and it, it might change second half but i think the first half's going to be a lot of that there could be so many broken plays though <laughs> like jefferson also to the true. house cook to the house swift to the house amon Ra to the house like they have there's a lot of explosive big play potential and yeah this and Harrison Smith is a concussion protocol, I believe. So if he's out, that might change my tune some because that would make explosive plays a lot easier for Detroit. So it's yeah, so it's not really uh, it's hard to call over on fifty three when Jared Goff is in the game and he's been solid this year. But I again, I have to remind myself he is still Jared Goff, and he does have he has his goof moments. We yeah, and so. Yeah, if Harrison Smith is is in, this defense could give him some fits. But like you said, we, we've we've seen Goff be good with a good cast around him before, and he's good right now with a good cast around him. So we might just be having a good Goff year, you know. It's year of the Goff, and you know, there's year of the cow, year of the dog, year of the pig. Now it's year of the Goff. So year of the Goff. <laughs> but I I do think this game will provide a lot of good fantasy. But we we kind of know the guys, the Dalvin, J. Jeff. Um, Swift, Amara. The, I guess the tertiary is going to be kind of Thielen for the Vikings or Hawkinson for the Lions. What's your level of confidence in them possibly producing? Um, I, I mean, I th- isn't Thielen relatively safe just as a floor guy, just because he does get a good amount of targets. I don't know if that's changed this year. I think it sort of has this year. 
Yeah. I'm looking right now so I don't speak just like randomly and say bullshit that's not true. So he's gotten. Okay, why don't why did this okay? He's he got four targets and seven targets. So that's fine. He's still getting targets. He just hasn't gotten a touchdown yet, like he's accustomed to doing. Right. Uh, and, I'm know, not against Thielen. Nah, he, they didn't really need him against Green Bay, and then Kirk was a pumpkin in prime time against Philly. So Hawkinson though might have to be Blockinson this week <laughs> because Harrison Phillips is good, Dalvin Tomlinson's good, and Daniil Hunter is good. And then they also have really good linebackers with like Zadarius who pass rushes, Hicks who kind of stays more central as the tackling guy, and Kendricks who does a lot of coverage. Um. So I guess I'm off Hawk this week. Even though, like, he's Hawk, he can still be a safety valve if the play is, you know, calls for it. And Goff recognizes that. That's not something I want to bet on. Uh, yeah, the I, I, I agree. The upside's probably not there. Like, he's gotten yeah. seven targets these last two weeks, but it hasn't amounted to much. Because, you know, he's going to get a lot of short, like you said, safety valve targets. Not stuff schemed up deep against a team with a really good front. Exactly. So, but is this is this is probably one of the possibly one of the better games of this early window. Yeah, this will. I'll definitely be watching this one. Yeah, because next up we've got. I think the game we feel most confident in with pick and spread. It's Baltimore at New England. We yeah. both got Baltimore winning, covering the two and a half. I'm not sure on the total. That's the tough part. That's actually kind of a good total. Uh, a forty three and a half. But it's probably almost exactly right. Vegas is probably right on the money if I had to guess. I almost like would just say push with the confidence that it probably is right there, but it's a fucking point five, so how do you do a push? <laughs> I, I guess maybe lean over just because Lamar is Lamar. I have a sticky note on here actually. So when I was making I had like a I was in a three max contest where there was like a no rake thing, so I'm like okay I'm gonna make my three lineups. On my third one I was like hmm do I go the indie stack while they're cheap and, you know, hope they work it out? Do I go, like, the Lamar thing? And I ended up going with, like, indie to go some expensive running backs. And I obviously regretted that. And I'm like, man, it's always Lamar. If I'm torn, it's, it's always, always Lamar. Lamar. <laughs> so I've got a sticky note on my wall behind my laptop that says it's always Lamar. So uh, I, I think if I have to pick one, I'm going to go over for now. Um, we might actually get Dobbins back this week, too. He yeah. practiced fully today, so that's that's nice. Um, yeah, so Lamar has done well against New England in the past. The air volume's been kind of low, but he has crushed them on the ground because they, you know, they like to do, you know, cover zero sometimes. They play they, they play a lot of man. They're not as heavy on man this year, but they still do. Um, so, you know, running quarterbacks, or especially, you know, fast ones, usually do well against that. Fast players can do well against man or, you know, not many safeties deep. So I like the Lamar Bateman stack this week. That's my, that's how I believe they uh, get this done. And maybe their defense too. <laughs> I'll also throw Mandrews in there. I mean, oh, he, he's a given. I just meant he like, I, I, I just meant this be, should see the continuation of Bateman playing well. Yeah. Well, like sometimes with Mandrews, it's like, I know he's not going to be good this game. And 
he's one of the tight ends that I feel pretty confident in knowing when to use him and when not to. I this week it would be a use him week for me. Gotcha. My I wasn't sure if you were gonna go with the Bill might try to just take him away or if it's not gonna matter. <laughs> I think Bill's game plan will entirely be centered around Lamar. He, if he wants so to like take a away spy. Yeah, he's 100% going to deploy a spy to try and contain him. And Lamar's ability to read defenses is going to really come into play. I think Lamar's going to torch him. That's what I'm expecting and hoping for. Yeah, like I don't know if their linebackers are good enough to spy Lamar. I, they're not. <laughs> There's one thing That's to have a concern. good plan. There's another thing to have people that can execute it. Yeah, you would need, like, know. McCordy to come up into the box and spy or some shit. Which he could do. Yeah, I don't I mean, know if that is something to, Bill might but... do. But if Lamar sees a one-on-one -on -one coverage with Bateman back there... Yeah, like, that's the thing. If they either donate it, they, they either, like, dedicate a spy and leave one-on-ones, or they don't have the spy and Lamar crushes them, like, on the ground, like he always does, so... My guess is Bill will try to make Lamar go to the outside by just sort of clogging up the middle and then try to force him out of bounds, more or less. <laughs> yeah. If, if they have Dobbins back this week, that would actually be huge against that because it would give them a running back like who's capable. I was going to say more, but I feel like I, that kind of encapsulates my point anyway, just a capable <laughs> running back. And, you know, a good one at that for Lamar to dump off. I, I say that that way because Lamar is not usually one to dump off but unless he's playing the browns <laughs> <laughs> the poop game, the poop oh, game. and he won um <laughs> oh you did see aj brown had his pee game he he went into the medical tent during monday night football to go pee because he had an iv <laughs> before the game uh, apparently he does that before i think i think he just does that like not because he's sick i think he just does that just to be hydrated i and mean like, I'm, sometimes I'm nature forward. calls yeah. yeah it makes sense i get it but yeah so uh new england could barely stop the Steelers and Trubisky so <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's yeah if you barely beat Mitch you're not gonna beat the Ravens it's trust time and... not Trubs time <laughs> big trust little Trubs <laughs> I, I think the Ravens plan of like blitz and leave corners one-on-one -on -one will work a lot better against the Patriots who don't have the receiving talent the Dolphins have. Nope. Like, I don't think they're worried about getting torched by Jacoby Myers, per se, who's a fine receiver, but he's sure. not going to torch you. If anything, it would be another Aguilar, which would be hilarious, but I like the Ravens defense this week, though, if you couldn't tell. So. Yeah, same. <laughs> but next up, we've got Houston at Chicago. This, so, spoiler, if uh, if Green Bay stays a favorite, they're my upset of the week. Um, Baltimore's my lock of the week. But if, if Green Bay turns to favorite, I'm going to go with Houston as my upset of the week because um, they're actually an underdog right now. Chicago's favorite by three, just the home field. The total's yeah. 40. Um, Houston, to me, is, I don't want to say clearly the better team, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure they're the better team. Um, <laughs> they're 100% the better team. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, Mills has been solid. They they clearly saw that Pierce was the better running back in week one and got him way more involved in week two. Yep. Um, I like him this week. It seems like you do too, obviously. Um, we, we love him in general, but like specifically stat-wise this week. Um, and, the, and the Bears front's pretty bad, and it's going to give them an easier matchup than what they've had so far. 
Um, the Denver front's pretty good, even without Josie Jewell. And the Indy front, even without Leonard, um, or no, they had him that week, right? Yeah, so it's, you know, this is definitely the worst front they face by a good margin. So I think they'll be able to get the run game actually going this week more. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the Bears do have some good pieces there on offense. Like the Al-Qadine Muhammad is good. Robert Quinn's good. Roquan Smith is good. But then once you take that away, it's really rough. Their, their corners stink. Like, their corners are bad. And that's mm-hmm. their own fault. It's like they let go of Kyle Fuller, who was really good. Kyler Gordon is a rookie. Um, I don't know how he's played so far this year. Maybe I'll get a chance to watch him. I haven't watched a whole lot of Bears football, to be honest. Yeah, because week one was the monsoon. Yeah. And then I guess, I guess we watched him. Um, or I, I got to watch them on Monday night. I wasn't paying too much attention to to that corner yeah, there specifically. I watch that game. There was a lot of running watch. back action. Right. Um, so basically, I really like Cooks and I like Pierce. I think 40, they should hit the over because... I, I think Houston probably puts up 24 to 28 points is where I'm going to put them at. And I think Chicago probably stays competitive just because I I think very highly of Fields' ability to create things out of nothing, which is good when you have nothing. Yeah, this is also an easier matchup than <laughs> they do have nothing. They have such a bad receiving group. I was talking to someone about like, and at the office about like Justin Fields. I'm like, dude, he's had nothing to work with like at all. But anyway, yeah, this this is an easier matchup than the Green Bay front or the monsoon they had. Um, like so, that'll be a lot easier on them. But my big concern is just like, will they pass more? They rushed a bunch last week, and like, yeah, it worked. But I, I was, because I was torn. I was like, is that the Packers run defense, or is that the Packers just letting them run so they don't pass? Because right. like, <laughs> I'm, and I, I'm like, I might be more the second because the Packers have a good front now, and so I think they were just kind of like easing up, and the Bears are like, yeah, we're running efficiently, but like, it didn't fucking matter because yeah, you had they to lost catch like up. Twenty. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, they, you'd lose by that much. Dave, David Montgomery has a good stat line, and it's like it doesn't fucking matter. So I, I hope they pass more. I'm like that or they're just going to fail to recognize they can't come back without passing. So I don't know. Yeah. I mean, the Texans corners are good too, or at least better. They yeah, have they said uh, they were like last year. Yeah. Derek Stingley and Steven Nelson are, are doing pretty well. I mean, maybe it's finally Cole Komet week. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I haven't gotten to watch much of, um, Stingley at all yet he's he's a rookie he's made some errors but he's honestly i think he's done pretty well okay because i because i watched uh that week one game some but i wasn't keeping a huge eye on stingley because if, if, if he had to be on Pittman, then obviously that's a tough assignment but right. they they held denver down last week although maybe it was denver holding themselves down you know <laughs> yeah i mean i think it's a little bit of both Man, we'll, we'll get to Denver in a bit, but that's just a fucking shit show. Oh, yeah. But, I can't wait. Yeah. Speaking of shit shows, though, we have Carolina hosting New Orleans. And we are both taking New Orleans. I think I'm taking the under. Uh, it's 41. That's tough. But I'm taking New Orleans to cover two and a half. If I got them to win, it's probably going to be by more than two and a half. So. Yeah, that's a good that's a good point. I'll agree with you on that one. Um, yeah. I can tell you that. 
of all the games I won't watch this week, this will be <laughs> one of them. <laughs> I don't oh, think yeah, Dennis yeah. Allen is that good of a head coach, but he's still better than fucking Matt Rule. I'm not. I'm probably not picking the Panthers until Rule gets fired, and I hope it's soon. <laughs> I'm kind of with you. <laughs> that sense, man. Yeah. I, both teams have talent too, but it's just the the Panthers seem to just always fuck it up somehow. The Panthers have so many weapons; they should not be this terrible on offense. Their offensive efficiency has got it is basically like Washington's defensive efficiency. They're just really poorly schemed and coached. DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Christian McCaffrey. You've got good tight ends. Your line isn't even that bad. Like. Fuck off. <laughs> Matt Rule's <laughs> so fucking bad. <laughs> yeah, it's it's brutal. I, I just wrote rule drool for my for <laughs> yep. my notes. Yeah. I and... like that we each put our own takes in individually, but a lot of them echo fairly similar sentiments, and this is definitely one of them. <laughs> oh man, yeah. I, I've got nothing groundbreaking to say about this game. Like we know New Orleans guys, it's Camara, if he's healthy. Michael Thomas, some Jarvis sprinkled in. And, of course, I wrote this thing because I thought it was funny, the Olave prayer yards, as they <laughs> get to be called. Because he's leading the league in air yards on, like, 16 targets because Jameis is just chucking it down to him. And it's not really connecting <laughs> a whole lot. Yeah, it's just the fucking <laughs> he's down, down there somewhere, somewhere thing. Yeah, yep. <laughs> so, at some point that might connect. I don't know when that'll be, but who knows. It's, it's just kind of a funny thing to me. There are are a lot of injuries for new orleans it it would have to take all of them to be out for me to for me to take carolina but yeah obviously Jameis is questionable but probably gonna play camara is questionable he'll probably play but he he is questionable like true questionable Mm -hmm. um they're missing two linemen and uh ram check is questionable and is it starting lineman or backup lineman? Backup. Okay. It's just their depth. But gotcha, like if yeah. Ramchek doesn't play, then that's, you know, mm-hmm. now you don't have your depth guys to put in yeah. for him. So you would be relying on like up, a third yeah. or fourth stringer. Um, and then Paulson Adebo is questionable and Marcus May. If they're missing all of them, I might revisit this. But it's not a game I have a whole lot of interest in. I don't even want to pick them for DFS because I don't know who's playing right now. Yeah, it's a it's kind of a gross total too. Yeah, the uh, all those guys, by the way, you listed are uh, they got unlimited practices today. So right direction. You you always want to see some third like some Thursday participation to feel okay because when you, when you see nothing on Thursday, that's when you're like, ooh, this isn't looking good. Yeah, unless they're a vet, and in which case they might just rest until Friday. Yeah, like you know, like like <laughs> but, Julio or someone. Right. Julio didn't practice this week. He's starting Sunday and does great. <laughs> yeah. Julio did not practice all week and put up 230 yards on the Panthers. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Seen this six times now. Damn it, Julio. <laughs> yeah. I did see uh, McCaffrey come up on the injury report with an ankle. Yep. But I think they just said it was like a little stiff or something. Yeah, they said it was sort of a layover from last week's problems and he's fine but they're just you know letting him rest more i'm like all right yeah and my one thing i've got mccaffrey i instantly went to grab don foreman just to, yeah. just to be safe they did add a a running back to their to the roster though from the bills practice squad just as a precaution though so 
Just in case, yeah. I assume he'll play. But he has not gotten there yet, like, fantasy-wise. And it's not just, like, lack of touchdowns. He hasn't been getting, like, immense touches either. Week 1, 10 rushes, 5 targets. Week 2, 15 rushes, got 100 yards and 5 targets. But, like, he's not getting those, like, he hasn't had that, like, high target game yet. Yeah. That might be a Baker thing, more like, too. Like, there's not there's the quarterback who's not, like, as eager to dump off. They just need to, like, scheme him more shit. <laughs> I think they're also trying to limit his usage. Probably. Because, like, DeAndre Swift, for instance, Swift only had eight touches last week. Uh-huh. Because they were limiting his usage. But he's fucking DeAndre Swift, and he turned that into, like, 20 fantasy points. Eight touches. Unbelievable. McCaffrey, however, is a little bit older. He, he doesn't quite have the wiggle that Swift has. I also think Swift has better top-end speed when he breaks away. When I saw McCaffrey, he got caught up with um, when he was on his breakaway run. Who caught him? I'm curious. <laughs> uh, there were like two Giants guys gotcha. that were right there with him. He couldn't break free of them. Uh is McCaffrey washed? No. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think he's washed, but I, no, think no, they're lim- playing, yeah, I do think they're limiting his usage. I think he's probably lost about half a step, you know? But he's, I mean, he's still, still really good. good yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> so. So fuck that um, game. Yeah. I, I was looking at, because I talked about the, the Panthers pace being super high. They've only run 53 and 58 uh, snaps. Like the first two weeks, despite their pace, like they they literally are the quickest team off the field. <laughs> yeah, the Chip Kelly uh, manifesto. We're gonna run our team off the field as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. Well, we're gonna score, right? We're we're gonna score, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! But next up, we get to a little more exciting one. We got the Raiders at the Titans. We both have the Raiders. Um, I've got them covering the one and a half points because, you know. A little, little tough to win by less than two. Um, and the total is 45 and a half, which we are undecided on at the moment. This is one where the Raiders should win. Tennessee has been beat the fuck up by, you know, the Bills, and they lost to the Giants. They just lost Taylor Lewan or whatever is left of him. And, <laughs> they're, I mean, I know they're still clicking, but their offense has been okay. Like, it's been decent, I'll say. Um the line's not the same as it was, and we've seen Carr struggle some, which that's, you know, kind of in the story of Carr in his career when the line struggle he does, um, yeah. which that's a lot of quarterbacks, though. But um, this has to be a Josh Jacobs game, right? Like, <laughs> I I don't want to – listen, I know some of the Amir Abdul plays were fine, but I don't want to see any of these random motherfuckers on the field. Like, you can pass the ball to Josh Jacobs. Like, he, he's good at that. That works. Like, yeah, I see. <laughs> I'm yeah. with you. Yeah. Like <laughs> – I, I was I was a little more weary of McDaniel's. Like the higher happened, you were like you were trying to you know be like I think this will work. Like yeah. he sounds like he's learned, and I, I agree. It's it's definitely not going nearly as poorly as his first it was, and right. it had been close games. But that lead getting blown, man, that was that was a kick in the dick. And I it, car car hasn't been playing great this year. Car's been pretty rough this year, if we're being honest. Car has been. He's at a, he's at a rough 2022. He's he's been kind of cheeks, not like all <laughs> cheeks, but kind of cheeks. Yeah, so. he's one half cheek. He's one cheek. 
Yeah, Dan Campbell will still beat his ass, but right. <laughs> he's only got one ass Three cheek. Three toes and one ass cheek. <laughs> Derek Carr runs out of the room. <laughs> yeah, so he, he's got to step his shit up, and this is a very fine setup for them to get a lot of sacks, get easy shit for Carr, get Jacobs going. So yeah. If Jacobs is not the focal point Sunday, I'm going to be really like pissed off. It is a prime matchup to win the game comfortably with Josh Jacobs and yeah. quite and Devontae. And, and Devontae. Course, yeah, yeah, of course. Yep. Always Devontae. <laughs> um, Tennessee's corners are good, but they're not good enough to stop Jalen and Diggs. And I think that they work together on a plane that is not really attainable by many others. They, they're they probably the best quarterback wide receiver duo. Uh, Probably but Devontae is also fucking good. And I like the strategy of, if you're playing a really good secondary, target the fuck out of your best guy, which Jalen did. He was just like, hey, Diggs, yeah. you're so, open. <laughs> yeah, they were also missing uh, Christian Fulton, right? I think so, so. Yeah, that made it really easy on Diggs. Like, they had no Gabe Davis, but then there was no Christian Fulton. So if Fulton's out again, that's going to be real, real tough on, on Tennessee to stop Devontae as well. Oh man, yeah, they're yeah, they're beat up. They're really beat up. Jesus. Yeah, they're I didn't already see how bad it was. They're already getting their shit rocked on the injury front. It's it's kind of rough. This should be a Raiders victory. If they don't win, I riot. <laughs> or if they, I... if they lose for something that makes sense, I won't be like as pissed. Like if Tannehill doesn't play like shit and is connecting with Woods and he's uh, Burke steps up and looks really good. Like something like that happens, I won't be pissed. But if they lose because they run Josh Jacobs ten times, I'm gonna be really fucking mad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Raiders. <laughs> you, you, the Raiders should win this. I yeah. I'm not sure about the total. I guess I'm the way I'm talking. I'm I'm saying under for now. Because the way we've talked about this game, it sounds like we're talking about it going under. So, yeah, I think we the last thing really on this game is what do we do with Henry? The matchup is good for him. Yeah, the Raiders of... have a pass rush, but they're not really like run stoppers. Right. But Tennessee's O-line is not giving yeah. him they've shit. Give, they've given him nothing, man. They've given him absolutely nothing <laughs> to work with these first two weeks. And, like, I know, like, we've talked about Lawan losing a step, but he's better than the backup, so... At least yeah. presumably better than the backup, so it's tough. I love we love Derrick Henry, but it I I don't know if I can get behind this O line right now. Not having a good O line is kind of his kryptonite. He's not yeah. one of those running backs that can. Not many he, are, to be fair. Yeah, but he's he's not like the most laterally agile, and like it makes sense because he's a fucking hulking human being that we right. call the muscle train. So <laughs> like trains trains move on the tracks, so. Yeah. We don't need him, like, dancing sideways. And, like, it's a lot easier to stop a train, a muscle train even, if you put something in front of it before it starts moving. <laughs> yeah. If it's, it's gotta, already it's gotta going. some shit, like some potatoes, you know? <laughs> right. You don't want to try to stop a train while it's moving. But if it's already stopped, you know, it's a lot easier. Momentum. <laughs> train lessons with Mozzie and the Muscle. <laughs> Our new YouTube series. <laughs> we need that Thomas the Tank Engine with the Derrick Henry uh, face. Yeah, the face eyes on it. 
<laughs> the Derrick Henry eyes are, are the that's that's a wonderful picture. But yeah, the Raiders really should win this one. If they don't, I'm gonna be coming back fucking livid next week. I I spared listen, I spared them on the Amir Abdullah thing because it wasn't his fault they lost. He was fine on his touches. Yeah. But if they if they find a way to lose this, like that you know, like like you said, doesn't make sense, then I'm gonna be pissed. So yeah. Anyway, we've got another um, AFC South, AFC West matchup to, to kick off our uh, 4 p.m. window. It's Jacksonville at the Chargers. Both at the Chargers. I'm not sure on the spread. Seems like you weren't either of Chargers minus seven. I'll probably take them to cover. Um, just because I've got the over on 47, but you've got the under. This is a really important game for me. Because this is the kind of fucking game the Chargers lose in the past. <laughs> and you know it. That's a fair point. That's a, that's a very fair point. <laughs> they play Jacksonville. They're projected to win by almost double digits. And they fucking put up like three offensive points and get ramrodded and look completely inept. So if they're going to break free of that stereotype of the Chargers charging random games... They need to win this game, and they need to dominate this game. Their roster is way too good for this game to be close. I'm not saying it's going to be a letdown, but I am taking the under. I just don't think the Chargers have to try that hard. They might be without Allen another week, and their defense should... Their defense really should smother Lawrence in the offense. They yeah, they definitely should, because this, this is a really good front. Um... Because who did Jacksonville play week one? Washington, right? Yeah. Yep. Bad front. They got Indy last week with a week in front without Shaq Leonard, but definitely better than the first week. But they did look like, again, I watched that game. They looked good. Like they could have put up more points. Obviously they let up once, you know, they got ahead by that much. Um, and like I said, week one, there was a dropped easy for sure touchdown by ETN. Now I don't think they scored on that drive. So they, you know, if the Colts push them and ETN doesn't have stone hands, we could be looking at like a 30 point per game offense here. I know there's a lot of ifs there, but I don't feel like it's a stretch to call those out per se. So the charge defense is really good. And that, that, you know, the Jags have not faced that challenge yet this year. Lawrence has not faced that challenge yet this year. I'm sure there will be a fuck up or two. I, this could be a, classic Jags boat era where it's a lot of garbage time coming back or they could actually keep up. But I think they're going to get their points one way or the other, whether it's as the game's going or, you know, when the game's already out of hand. I lean the former, but it, fantasy doesn't matter. But I think game script-wise, I think I lean the former. Um, the, the, the Chargers are going to do what they want. Like, that's... I, I feel confident in the Chargers to do what they want. Uh, the key to injury is one that's looming i he's he got unlimited work today but with it being his hammy i'm really not sure like he's i think he's actually questionable but even if he misses i think mike williams is a severe mismatch against everybody in the secondary and yeah uh we've seen a lot of pass catching production allowed by uh both these teams actually so i think eckler makes a lot of sense because we saw gibson have a really good receiving game and then I know it was Hines and out of necessity, but he had a good receiving game. So I think Eckler, you know, fits in those molds of like heavy receiving back. So if uh, if Keaton misses the Herbert Mike Eckler stack that I love so much, um, 
makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. But I, I do like Eckler this week. Yeah. And running it back, obviously there's Christian Kirk, but I think this might be the ETN week. We see him kind of break Ooh. out. Um, so I mentioned both teams allowing a lot of running back, running back production. Um, the Chargers allowed a lot of um, receiving production to Clyde and McKinnon. And then um, week one, we saw Brandon fucking Bolden get a touchdown. Like, so there, there is receiving work to be had by running backs against this team. And ETN definitely is that guy more so than Robinson. I, I, I can't remember how the target split is exactly, but they want to get him involved in the passing game, whether it be out of the backfield or like lined up in the slot or some shit. So I like him a lot here because he fits the mold of what has kind of worked against the Chargers some already. And it's not been by like fucking studs or anything. It's been by McKinnon and Bolden and some Clyde. So I'm not, I'm not trying to be like, Oh, Travis Kelsey dominated this defense. So this right up tight end is going to do it. Like this, this feels like a very fair comparison again. So I, I like running back my Chargers stack with like Kirk and ETN. Interesting. I like the ETN call. It's not one that I had thought about. Uh, James Robinson was still like, he got like a few targets. I think he only has like four. ETN has like seven or something. Yeah. Um, but he's week definitely one, like getting more involved. Yeah. Week one, they split snaps evenly. Uh, last week, it was more James Robinson, but they also had a huge fucking lead. So <laughs> it's a little different. Like Robinson got 23 carries, so they didn't really need ETN to like go out there and do his thing. Um, so target-wise, ETN got four and three. Robinson got one and two. So I'm, I'm relying on a little bit of like, you know, a little bit of a jump. But I, I think it can happen and make sense. And in a script where I'm expecting them to have to pass more, I think he'll get more snaps than he did last week. Oof. I worry. I just worry about the Jacksonville O-line. With That's them. fair. That is fair. So it makes sense that dump-offs will happen. Yeah, that would help ETN if anything. <laughs> yeah. At least on the receiving front, which is what I'm banking on for him. I'm not banking on him having like 100 yards rushing. I'm saying he's going to get a lot of catches. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I can definitely see that. I do think the potential for garbage time is there. I, I would have to agree with that. I don't know who, if, who I would like. You were mentioning Christian Kerr. Yeah, he's just been getting a ton of targets. I mean, yeah. you could you could go Evan Ingram too, but Christian Kerr's been getting a lot of targets already. So he he seems like an option to get work whether it be comeback garbage or not. Like, if they, if they stay close, it'll probably be because of him, too. I wonder if Zay Jones is going to score again. He's been he's been getting more work than, you know, he, I don't want to say should, but <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. More than I expected, that's for sure. More than you would think Zay Jones would get. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember which Jones has been getting more work, if it's been Zay or Marvin. So Zay's got nine and then four targets. Marvin's gotten six and then five, so pretty dang close. Yeah, I kind of like Zay Jones. It's just uh, I'm I'm like picturing the Chiefs game and that touchdown that Mahomes threw uh, against the Chargers, where he stepped up in the pocket and just launched it towards the back of the end zone. That was an absolutely amazing throw by him. <laughs> That's not one I think that a lot of people can make, but I can see Zay Jones being the receiver in that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, Chargers blow a coverage. Zay Jones wide open. Right. <laughs> I feel like that happened last year with the, as a Raider at some point, probably. I don't know. 
Blood I know, coverage, I, Zay Jones. <laughs> I don't. Didn't he? I know. I'm pretty sure he scored in his game last year against the Chargers at the end of the year. I think he did. Right. Uh, oh no, he had that one to. There was one game where he like either got it to overtime or like won them the game or something. I forget what it was. It was like some wild ass play. It was like Zay Jones. Maybe yeah, I remember four. he got like the final yeah. score. Was, oh, was that Baltimore? Was that Week One? It might have been. That was Baltimore. <laughs> I remember that now. That's hilarious. So, but I'm definitely interested in this game for both teams because this will, like you said, tell us a lot about both of them. I hope it hits the over. Like, mm-hmm. I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, maybe we find out Jacksonville's not as good as I thought and they've just had easier competition, but we'll see. So, but we've got Green Bay at Tampa Bay up next. We've got um, some pretty hobbled teams coming in here. There's a lot of injuries. So, yeah. on the Buck side, um, not an injury, but Evans suspended for a game for shoving Lattimore. And then we've got no Julio or Godwin at practice. Um, we just talked about Julio, you know, being one of those guys who doesn't practice but plays. So I'm not sure on him, but I don't think we get Godwin again yet. They're going to take the time with him probably. Um, for Green Bay, there were a lot of guys who didn't practice Thursday uh, with Lazard um, and then with his ankle, who that kept him out previously. And then Watson and Watkins did not play with hammy issues. And then Cobb. With an illness. I expect Cobb to come play. Um, and then TBD on Bakhtiari being back. We don't know on that yet. Um, with the Green Bay, because, like, again, I had no clue how this is going to go on the receivers. If, like, two if like two of those three first three miss, like, if, like, Lazard and Watkins are both out, I'm going to be pretty, like, iffy on it. Um, yeah. if, if two of those guys come in and or, like, we get one and Bakhtiari, I'll feel a lot better about the Packers. Um, but... It's a little tough. I've got yeah. We've both got Green Bay for now. Um, totals forty two. Tampa's favored by one. I'll see if that's still in place or if it's changed. Yeah, like those guys that are questionable did play on Sunday and didn't leave the game. So I'm wondering if it's just how rest. much of it is just like yeah, oh my hammy. So I I have Green Bay for now, but this game sucks. Was and that the really Sunday night sad. game that they played in last time in week two? I forget. Oh. Yeah, that was Sunday night. So they t- they played a little later. So I guess that makes some sense. It's just everyone's injured. This should be such a good matchup. This should be yeah. Rodgers Brady, you know, match of the ages. Everyone wants to watch this, but instead it's just like I'm pretty sure Suckup and Crosby will <laughs> provide almost all of the scoring in this game. That's a very strong possibility. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if if we are picking guys from this game, I kind of have some interest in my guy, Scotty Miller. Um, <laughs> he's been there for me before. He is, he's a deep shot guy for Brady. Obviously, Perriman's there is that too, like the Mike Evans replacement. But we've seen Scotty like, be a deep target for Brady. And if we're taking shots in the dark, it's on upside. And that's, I think, there if Scotty's getting a full allotment of snaps. Um, I have no clue if Cole Beasley's going to play and they're going to magastack. But... Uh... But. He apparently dropped his first catch in practice or something, and everyone just, like, threw their soap at him, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, Scotty Miller is my, like, if if, uh, if you play in DFS, you're running out of money, you need you need someone under 4K, Scotty Miller's kind of the guy, I think, for that. Um, hopefully you're not that desperate in the league to have to do that, but just tossing it out there. <laughs> 
that he's he's my he's my vote if you're picking a Tampa receiver of these um non Mevins, Godwin, Julio's. Now if Julio's in and it's just him, that's pretty interesting, but it might be Jair on him. But I'm not sure how that's gonna play out. I don't want anyone in this game right now. I'm <laughs> oh no, like, I don't want it per se. Yeah. <laughs> I I think if I'm doing a lineup with this game, I'm taking both defenses and both kickers and then figuring out that fifth spot and that might it might be literally defense, defense, kicker, kicker, Scotty Miller. <laughs> if you're showed out in it, yeah. <laughs> Lovely. <So>. Awful. God. <laughs> Scotty doesn't know. Um so yeah, this game, we need more info on this game to call it, but for now, Green Bay, based on how things are looking, but it's, it's gross. It's um, gross. I don't know about the total, though. The total's kind of tough, because there's it's, the, it's these two quarterbacks, and Green Bay's got to go a line if they got the health. So As of I'll now, have. I'm taking the under. Yeah, it's, it's gross. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably put in under. Just Like, this to, could be a 9-6 to six game. <laughs> I wouldn't be shocked. I'm going to say, like, what, 7th? 10 I don't know. There was 13, a uh, pretty low. There was um a, a Packers Jets game that was th- I think three to nothing that I'm, I'm just getting surprised. like flashbacks to. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, but anyway, this game's gross. Yeah. Next up, we've got the Rams at Arizona. Um, we did get the uh, new Call of Duty beta access for this weekend, so I'm gonna take the Rams. <laughs> uh, he's a gamer, man. <laughs> um, no, I'm not sure on how I feel on this game right now. I think I think I will take the Rams though. Um, I've got the over on it. Um, spread of three and a half is kind of tough because they're on the road. The Rams are favored by three and a half. Um, the Rams' pass game is gonna get to do what they want. I think a Stafford, Cup, and a Rob stack makes a lot of sense because so obviously obviously Cup is Cup and he's amazing. Um, that's not groundbreaking. Uh, Arizona does blitz a lot. And they um go they do a fair amount of man. So one, you know, we've seen A Rob get a lot of looks in one on one from Stafford, but then the Blitz might favor Cup some with some like, you know, quick hot routes there, or maybe like the, the running backs or Higby payoff on some quick stuff from that. But I I don't see the Cardinal stopping the Rams. So Yeah. That that's pretty much it. I don't particularly think that the uh Cardinals can do anything defensively mm-hmm. right now and i i feel like the rams offense even after their horrific week one is just more consistent whereas arizona can be good can be bad uh they're just they're injured they're missing people yeah i think like, hopkins is the main one but yeah they need him back really badly uh, if yeah if we get like a whole game of fourth quarter kyler this will be a good game but right it's got to be all game, not just the fourth quarter, Kyler. <laughs> yes. He does. When he gets in, in the Kyler zone, it is really good. <laughs> He's just not in it the whole game. Yeah, it's like when, Mar- when, uh, when Max Crosby couldn't tackle him, I was like, what the fuck just happened? I thought he was going to get like mauled, and then all of a sudden he's still running around. I'm like, how is this happening? Kyler. I fucking like... It's like it's like on Family Guy they had like the the greased up deaf guy. That's like yeah. it's, it's, that's what it was like trying to tackle him for the Raiders. They just couldn't get him. Um, but so Marquise Brown has gotten a lot of looks. He's gotten six and eleven targets so far. Um, he got a touchdown week one last week. Got a little more yardage, but hasn't really materialized into a big game yet. I don't know if that's going to happen here. 
the Rams do a lot of zone, so I, it's not like he's going to be like shadowed by anybody. And I don't think they really have a good matchup for him, but I'm not sure if he'll be able to find like the spots in the zone per se. Like I, I like Marquise Brown more. Like if it's man and he's beating man and just getting like open off of making a guy look silly, but he could like they might get him more short. But I think I like Ertz too, because um, Arizona's got Arizona has to keep up. Um, I think Ertz might be that zone eater safety blanket against this zone heavy team and this strong front. So it makes sense. I'm curious. Well, we'll get to it in the next game. Just curious why they didn't use Pitts more against the Rams. So I, 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 uh, I, I got to watch that game. Um, I watched some of the end of it live. Um, I didn't watch much of it in real time. Cause you know, watching everything going on. And also, you know, I, I wasn't too excited about my Falcons chances, but they made a, they, they started them out to come back. So the way it worked out was I saw, and I would need to watch again to track it exactly, but I saw a lot of times where like Pitts got picked up in the zone by Ramsey or Pitts was blocking a lot and he was blocking well. So he was either keeping Mariota off his ass or, Ramsey was picking him up like he still got some work later in the game but it was it was just that London was more open like they weren't clamping on him as much and Pitts had to block so there's also one time where like Pitts was coming across in motion and a snap hit him and I'm not sure whose fault it was I think it might have been his fault because Mariota was like waving him over and might have messed up the timing so maybe you know I, I don't I'm not gonna say mid-game doghouse for that or anything but Could've I was like ah yeah <laughs> True. Could have been their terrible O-line. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that, that one was an interesting one. But I think I think Pitts will make it work this week based on how the matchup's going to go. Um, so, oh yeah, A-Rob, was, uh, A-Rob had Terrell on him on his end zone fade where he scored. I'm like, oh, that makes it even more impressive. Shoot. Yeah. So, And also, Marcus Mariota is their quarterback. Like, <laughs> if, if Pitts is not the first read or if he's the first read not open right away, like, He's not gonna get the ball. It's it's part blocking, part how he was defended, and part Mariota. I'm I'm not saying he is, you know, perfect, but there are plenty of factors as to why he's not getting the ball as much as we'd like him to get the ball. Because right. no one's gonna say he's not good, but yeah, it's just yeah, mm-hmm. it's this this game's interesting. I I I do like the Ertz call. Um, I think it'll be a fun one. I think it hits the over. It'll probably go down to the wire. I do like both the kickers in this one. Oh, it's in yeah. Arizona. Gay is good. Prater's good. Um, Definitely a kicker for the game. I'm with you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. McVay usually beats Cliff. That is true, too. That's like the big thing is the coaching discrepancy. Like, Kyler is good. Don't know how I feel about Cliff, but we obviously love the, the Stafford McVay combo. And yeah, that's going to, I guess, now you mentioned that. I'm just going to go with the Rams. Just put that in there officially. <laughs> They'll probably cover. I don't know. That's a tough one, though. Kyler the... had his, his uh, PS5 controller taken. <laughs> <laughs> they they hit it for now. Actually, he strikes me as an Xbox guy. I don't know. Actually, I don't know. I think he, he is a PS5 guy, isn't he? I, I have no clue. I'm not sure what Kyler's console of choice is. I'll be really honest with you. If I was a reporter, these are the questions I would ask. <laughs> And I think the players would like that a lot more. They they like answering random shit sometimes. You're like being people like being asked about themselves, you know. 
Kyler, very important question. Xbox or PS5? What's going on? <laughs> PC Master Race. Yeah. He probably would say something like that. <laughs> oh, man. But anyway, so yeah, their, their opponent last week of... Um, sorry, I, there was anything before we moved on. No, I, 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 I had a segue route lined up. Um, no. So yeah, their, their opponent last week in the Falcons, they go to take on Seattle this week. And I think... I'm not like uber confident, but this makes sense to be the pits week. So I talked about all that from last week. Seattle doesn't have nearly as imposing of a front as um, the Rams do um, or the Saints do. Like they face a pretty good front start. So he won't have to block as much. Um, Seattle has sort of been, it's only two games in, so it's hard to tell, but Seattle let Albert O have a solid game and What's his name? Bet do shit. I guess he's more of an H back, but he's listed as a tight end anyway. And then you know proceeds to get nothing from those to the next game. And then Dwelly Ross Dwelly backup tight end for the Niners got a 38 yard touchdown catch. So they've been susceptible to tight ends, and it's not like it's cream of the crop. So I think Pitts can do his thing here. They also don't have a rush that he would necessarily need to be blocking yeah that's a big part of it too it's like the hawkinson thing you know like right i don't think they're gonna need him blocking as much and then either if he's you know in line mismatch if he's out wide they don't have good corners for him if they don't have like a ramsey for him so he's gonna be a mismatch the whole game so i i think even Mariota will be able to get him the ball in this game (laughs) so i think this is finally pits week Woo. I hope so. It's been bad so far. <clears throat> yeah. It's not like, again, I'm not uber confident, but everything makes sense for it to be. So I am going to wager, and that by that I mean using some DFS lineups, that it is Pits Week. Uh, I hope this is good-bad game. I, uh... <laughs> I think there's a chance, and that's why I took the over. I think it could be good-bad game. Yeah, when we, when we were in the preseason talking about these two teams, we we joked about this being like the number one pick game, but yeah. they both looked a little better than the number one pick territory so far. Yeah, right now it looks like the Titans are the worst team in the NFL. Jesus, dude. Yeah, they've been they've been rough. I, I shot on them some, but I didn't think they'd be this bad. But yeah, yeah. So good bad game. <laughs> good bad it. game. Uh, Gino should be able to run a lot, and even though I think DK is gonna have his hands full with AJ Terrell. I'm wondering if it's if we can predict a locket week. Gino has a locket lock week. <laughs> yeah, he's he's hit locket more than lock would. God, too many similar names. <laughs> um, <laughs> but until Isaiah Oliver returns, who was like Atlanta's really good nickel slot corner, I think that area of the defense is susceptible. And if DK's bottled up, or at least doing a lot of hand fighting with Terrell, Lockett might be open a lot. Yeah. I don't know. I know it makes sense. And I expect, I like, I think Atlanta's offense is going to do well, too, because Seattle's defense is cheeks. So we've got, yeah, I like Pitts, London, Corderell, Mariota, but I also like Geno, and I think Lockett, and even possibly Disley in this one. Uh, I'm, I'm taking the over. I think it's a good bad game. It, the, that's tough for me because I think they could be 42, but it's also like movable object and stoppable force type of thing where it's <laughs> Mariota and Gino. 
against these like pretty sub I mean, it defenses. could be clown show game. Yeah, that's the thing. Fun. I'm I'm not sure which we'll get, and that's why I'm a little torn on this game overall because intercepted, yeah, but fumbled, <laughs> but picked up and run back the other way, but he's running the wrong way, <laughs> and something's blocked. Like yeah, like it's just so much weird to it. So I don't There's know who I'm picking yet. On the field. Yeah, <laughs> and a falcon. <laughs> yeah, I I think Atlanta should win. But my big hesitation is that so like they still they still profile as like a run funnel type of defense, and Seattle likes to run the ball a lot, like almost to their detriment. But they're not gonna give up on it, so it might be a weird thing where them being stubborn running the ball actually works out because it'll eventually break right against this defense where running's probably an easier option than passing sometimes. So yeah. that's that's my worry. But I don't know yet. I'm yet to pick this game. This is a tough one. It is a tough one. And I'm pretty torn on who to pick in it as well. Um, I think I'm taking the Falcons, but it is in Seattle. I think Seattle's kicker has an edge too in this one just at home. It's a unique yeah. stadium to kick in. Yeah, this is a... Man, it's like... I'm trying to think what's like picking between. It's like picking between like canned tuna and canned salmon, I guess. <laughs> that's, my, that's my best... Uh... Starkest. I don't hate canned fish, but it's not it, the smell is rough. Like I do, I do canned chicken sometimes, and that doesn't smell good at all. But no. it doesn't smell as bad as canned chicken and tuna. <laughs> those are those are just rough. So anyway, um, <laughs> this this will be one I keep an eye on just for the intrigue. But Rams Arizona is definitely the better one. Um, but we move on to Sunday night where we've got San Fran at Denver. We both have San Fran. We both have the under and. Uh, I think we'll take them to cover one and a half, just because you know. Yeah. I I'm not said I'm not an experienced better in the sense of like spreads and over unders. Like we always pick games, and so like my initial thought is like, oh, a spread of this this minuscule amount, like it's hard to not cover that if you're winning. But you know, maybe I'm way off on that. I don't know. So. Kind of hard to win by one, and like or like predict a score where you win by one. Yeah. It's that's that, them's just the numbers, so I think we both are in the basket of um, Shanny over Hackett. Yeah, that's un- that's it. Rhyme. I like Shanny deserves his criticisms for sure. They're notable, but there is no doubt in my mind that he is the better fucking coach in this game. And San Fran kind of matches up well, um, at least defensively. Because Denver's O-line, without Mike Munchak there to kind of steer them, they've been getting worse. And San Fran's front seven is pretty fucking scary. Yeah, I saw, I ranked, they were my top ranked. And obviously the matchups have been a little easier. But they've looked like the top ranked so far. Like, they've looked really fucking good. So, yeah, this is a scary front seven. And... I I don't know how they're going to handle it. Um, I agree with you on the Denver running game that you have here not being great, but I will posit the PPR Javante value potentially. Because yeah, I could see he's that. A P- he's actually gotten a lot of targets so far, and yeah, they'll probably keep doing that here. Straight up the uh, like the ground game. I don't think they're able to run the ball very well. Oh, probably well. not. But I, I'm not sure how well San Fran's going to be able to run. Um 
was it's Jeff is just Jeff Wilson now, pretty much, and they've elevated Marlon Mack. Uh, I don't know. Oh, they've got Jordan Mason as the backup, but th- they block well. Denver's front's pretty good, especially if Josie Jules back like he projects to be. So it's a tough matchup for them, but it's a really good line and they can handle it. So I don't think this game gets out of hand either way, as the spread indicates. So like they're gonna be able to keep trying to run a bunch. It looks like Kittle will be back. So he got yeah. in limited practices yesterday and today. So that's that's the a big tilter. Like if they've got Kittle back. That helps because it, it's, it's Jimmy G there and not Lance, of course. And that's my, that's honestly my biggest trepidation is if like we don't have Kittle and like Denver's blitzing his pants off and it's Jimmy G and he goes pumpkin. Like that's a possibility. <laughs> um, but if Kittle's there, I feel a lot better about blocking and pass catching because he's, you know, good at both. So, and yeah. then I don't think Denver's going to have Judy. That hurts a lot too. Ooh. Yeah, that's bad. Yeah, he hasn't practiced yet this week, so not looking great. Like, San Fran's corners are definitely beatable. Their secondary is not the best. Their front seven is amazing. Yeah, like, Sutton and Hamler will have opportunities, but, like, how often will those materialize based on how the fronts go is kind of the... Yeah. Well, maybe having injured players will force Hackett to actually implement a scheme that you know, works with what he's got <laughs> and that might force them to actually have creative offenses. So far, his play calling has been atrocious. It's been dookie, man. It's been real dookie. The way I was thinking about it is I feel like we did pretty well with our predictions of things. We predicted Hackett would, you know, maybe start off rough. McDaniels would start off well, but it's like we, I don't know, we're trying to turn this, we were turning the water on in the shower and like oh we thought he was going to be warm but he's actually hot or we thought he was going to be cold but he's actually freezing yeah so like we were pretty we're good but the uh the 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 degree to which we were in the right direction was way further than we thought yeah exactly (laughs) he's worse than we could have imagined hackett is so much fucking worse than i would have than i wanted to like clown him for um my fucking god! <laughs> yeah, it's it's been brutal. Like, yeah, like I was I, I I hadn't talked about Zach Taylor much yet, and I had some gripes with his coaching, but it, it pales in comparison to what Hackett has done so far this year. It is oh just it god. is truly brutal. Something about OCs coming to Denver to coach, man. I don't know what it is. <laughs> the altitude gets him, I guess. I don't know. So. Amazing quarterbacks that get offensive coordinators jobs because their offense was good under them adam gase matt Nagy, we had adam hackett or nathaniel hackett to add to that list mcdaniels yeah all these guys jim caldwell with peyton although at least was was better yeah Yeah, at least caldwell had a winning season in detroit that's right that's notable right (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh winning season in detroit man oh but (sighs) Yeah, this game's kind of icky. Although, if Kittle's back, he's he's in play. Like, they're not going to bring him back if he's not all good. So, yeah. And he could rumble, bumble over this team. Who knows? Denver lost their safety, right? Um, yeah, Justin they? Simmons. Oh. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's pretty big because he's good. So, yeah. that definitely opens up a lot for the big play potential for San Fran. Maybe, maybe, maybe now it's Jeff Wilson week. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if Kittle's in, he's going. Line him up. Mm-hmm. But no jokes aside, though, like Jeff Wilson 
should get a lot of carries because Jordan Mason and recently signed Marlon Mack are the only other guys left. So it's it should be the Jeff Wilson show. <laughs> With but. Jeff Wilson. <laughs> My name is Jeff. But Monday night game, Dallas at the Giants. I've got no fucking clue. Uh, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to take Dallas, but I don't want to, and I hate this game, and it sucks. Yeah, I there's there's enough both ways. Like I think Gallup will be back because he's gotten in full practices. Like he full practice Thursday, that's a good sign. He he may not come back. If he doesn't come back, I'm gonna take the Giants. If he does come back, I'm am completely torn down the middle. Um, like a phone book by by strongman. I McCarthy's McCarthy, dimes is dimes. Um, if Gallup like Gallup's back, I like Dallas. But the Giants' game plans so far. That have been designed to hide dimes makes sense against Dallas because there's been a lot of like short stuff screens running and that's that's how you slow down their pass rush, aka Micah Parsons, is like getting him to over pursue. And I think that Dable is capable of recognizing that, unlike Zach Taylor was. Like when I was watching that game, like the Bengals line was struggling, but Zach Taylor was coaching a horrible game and doing his team no favors. And I think like. The Bengals will be fine, but I think Dable is going to be able to like watch that game and recognize, hey, like I'm going to do this to try to slow down Parsons so that Dimes doesn't throw picks all day or fumble the ball into oblivion. Like it's it's going to be gross, and I think this total's about right. But Cooper Rush looks solid, and if they get Gallup back, like that's going to help a lot. Yeah, which it, what ultimately concerns me is just the Giants' defense. I feel like uh, Cooper Rush might make lamb look like jerry rice this week because <laughs> if he's just getting short slants he can get that lamb and rice <laughs> dude can house like any of his catches mm-hmm. against the secondary of the giants yeah yep <laughs> I, mean, I agree i concur with you and i think pollard might fall in that boat too like on their defense in general yeah i could see that too wait doesn't zeke torch the Giants, maybe. I was gonna say because Paul Pollard looked super good last week. His vision's getting better because like he's he's fairly new to running back, and so like he's still learning the position some, and like you can see his vision getting a lot better, like downfield vision, making better decisions, like when to cut into lanes, and he looks really fucking good. So like I thought like Zeke got more snaps, but like I'm like has Pollard been playing more because like he's just he, he just did so much. It seemed like. Um, yeah. All right, so Ezekiel. Elliot game logs versus the Giants. I'll look up. But any, do you have anything else with this game? Like any interest in any Giants that are not named Saquon Barkley? Because Saquon Barkley's been good enough that he's in that. Like okay, you play in territory. But yeah, yeah, I think you definitely, you definitely keep Barkley in. I uh, not really. It's I mean it could be like Richie James, you know. And I don't like. I'm gonna go to other options. Yeah, Sterling Shepard's been getting playing time, and he's had good games and seasons so he would be my lean but i again i have no real uh desire to get too deep into this giants receiving core while it's a constant rotating door yep <laughs> they just need to trade some guys um so zeke last year um so he's had touchdowns in four straight games against him he, yardage wise it's been 52 110 42 91 and then right before that a 139 yard game but no touchdowns so fairly solid options um he had a receiving touchdown in one of those games too. So in his last four games, he's had six touchdowns. 
um, against That's them. That's pretty good. Yeah, I have no clue that'll continue or not, but... Yeah, but the Dallas run game does seem like it should be affected. That's going to be probably what they rely on, I would guess. I mean, having Gallup back to throw two is nice, but having Gallup back to keep the defense we're on is also nice. So Right. And we've talked about the Giants front being pretty weak, so... Especially if Thibodeau is still missing, is he is he still out? I think so. And I feel say like, like week I, four, probably. I feel like we'll hear about it when he's like about to come back. Yeah. And then Leonard Williams hasn't been practicing yet this week, so oh he sprained his MCL, so I doubt he plays. Yeah. That's actually huge. Okay. Maybe I. Uh, yeah. If Gallup's in, I'm probably taking the Cowboys just because. It makes that a lot easier in the run game. Thibodeau was limited today, so it's a okay. chance, but no Leonard Williams in the middle would be really fucking big for the, the Dallas run game. Yeah, it would. But man, what what a slate of primetime games we fucking got this week. Right now we've got right. Cleveland and Pittsburgh on with no points yet. Um lots of punts. I've had it Shock. on, but there's been nothing happening. There was one good shove run. Where he like hurdled someone, but then got like knocked over. I thought he was about to house a run right away. Um, but yeah, we got that. Then we've got San Fran at Denver, which you know, like before the year started, sounded good, but now it sounds a lot less good. And then yeah. we've got Dallas at the Giants, which now pretty sounds sounds pretty gross too. So it could be. It, hopefully, it's divisional fun bad, and they just like all beat yeah. each other up and get into fist fights. Yeah, like I love I love primetime games being divisional. Like I feel like. That should be most of them, especially Thursday night, because if the game's gonna suck, like just make it divisional and make it a little more fun. Exactly. So make it a little more entertaining, at least for the people that are fans of those teams. <laughs> exactly. But hopefully we get the picks better this week than last week, and hopefully I get better at my at my betting shit with these spreads and over unders. It, it adds another layer, layer of complexity to it. Like you have to be, like. You can pick a team to win and be right for the right reasons, but you can also be right for like a reason you didn't expect. With like the the spread and the total, or sorry, yeah, the spread and the over under, you've got to like really think through the game scripts a lot. It makes it like tougher. Yeah, but it's good practice. It's our first year doing it. I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're not doing badly. Nah, I mean, yeah, last week was rough for me on the spreads and stuff, but we're not like shit in the bed, and we're we're still you know above five hundred on the money lines. That's usually our money maker. So, yeah, yeah it's, 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 nice, it's nice to uh, warm up for when I can actually legally be here in Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> but in the meantime, thank you for tuning in. We will be back next week. I'm, I'm, I'm in town the whole time, so I won't be leaving everybody hanging on an episode. But for now, you can find us online at Mozzie and the Muscle. I posted an article real quick about the Thursday game before we, we got on here. And uh, you can find us on Twitter at Mozzie and Muscle. And on TikTok at Mozzie Muscle as well. So thank you for tuning in and we'll be back soon.